0: Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. And joining me this afternoon, I have a community organizer who is involved in various uh, social and political causes here in Milwaukee. And I'm excited to talk to her about her passions and why she does what she does. A little more about her work. Very fortunate to have her here with us today. Uh, Solana Patterson-Ramos, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you?
1: it's election time (laughs) yeah it's um it's an interesting time of 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 year and um especially with the pandemic it makes it more interesting but it's 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 just interesting i don't know how else to say it it's just interesting
0: yeah yeah i hear that uh what have you done so, so far today
1: um basically train people in tech stuff try to get them around um a project that i'm working on which is to to Outreach to the Black community uh, when it comes to vo- voting, um, but to do like relational organizing, so something like empower, but we're also um, actually paying people to do it. So the project is is a is a partnership between um, Block, which is here in Milwaukee, Black leaders organizing communities, and um, Block Power.
0: So. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Um, so, could you um uh, tell us a little bit more about Block Power? Uh, the show's um, we've had uh, um, Angela Lang on the show, so we've talked about uh, Black leaders organizing for communities for sure. But I'd love to hear a little bit more about Black Power.
1: Um, Black Power is like a newer organization. It's definitely um, it's definitely pretty new. So it's um, um, focused on trying to increase the um, Black the voting power in the Black community. And like I said, through relational organizing. And so basically you get paid um, for the time to try to talk to people and get them to, to uh, asking them to ask three other people to vote or reminding them, reminding three other people to vote. And it basically is based on that whole, if you heard people keep talking about vote tripling. So vote tripling is, is something that a behavioral scientist thought about. And it's like, if you have ownership over something, you're more likely to do it yourself. So if you have ownership, over trying to remind three other people to vote you're more likely to vote yourself so that's where it comes from and a lot of other groups are doing it block power is a nonprofit, so it's, it's um nonpartisan. it's not doing for any one candidate or any one party which i like um it makes conversations easier um and um it makes conversations easier and and uh just we're just going out to do it so it's um started it's been it was kind of founded or helped or start it up by Um, uh, Karthik, Um, I can't, I don't want to mess up his last name, but um, he is a a professor at Howard University. Um, He's of Indian descent, and he had um, been part of different campaigns in the past, including Obama's, um, I think, 08 and another campaign, and he just kind of saw that there needs to be more outreach to the Black community, Um, and there wasn't. It's usually a lot of radio stations and stuff like that, so how can we get people, especially people that are already, you know, in the community to just talk to their friends. And so that's how the project and I think they've been working on it for like two years. So. Awesome. so I I was one of the first hires when they they finally was thinking about um expanding it.
0: Very cool. Um thanks for sharing all that. Uh I'll be sure to uh provide a link. Um so uh what we talked about at Mr. Nice Guy we talked love and fear, passion and creativity and uh, um so I've been familiar with your work for some for maybe like past year or so um i know that you've worked with a lot of different organizations uh including citizen action of wisconsin you were involved in bernie's campaign um so um we can start with uh are you from milwaukee
1: i'm i'm originally from milwaukee born and raised Um, i um um went to bradley tech high school and graduated, and was going to go for electrical engineering, but um, ended up getting involved in a lot of organizations on campus, and ended up switching to um, um, switching to elect or from electrical engineering to community engagement and education was the major, and I'm glad I did it because it was more up to what I was doing, so it was pretty cool. Awesome. Oh,
0: uh, did you go to UWM? Yes, I went to UWM. Yeah. As did I.
1: I saw your thing in the background, actually. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah,
0: usually my big ass head's blocking it, but uh, yes. Yeah, yeah you head need
1: head to put head. it on the other wall so it can be in the in the in the frame.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess uh, so yeah, what um, what about um, like community organizing and engagement? Uh, I guess what we'll kind of like sparked your interest in getting involved in that kind of stuff?
1: Well, really the um I can say like I don't think I really thought about it was a real choice. So to me, um you my mom always had us doing um volunteer work, doing different stuff. And even when we were um down and out for a while, um we would be at the soup, soup kitchen and or we'd be at the um so people know the Salvation Army's Christmas thing. A Christmas dinner, eat and then go and volunteer, and so, um, um, so it's just it's just a natural part. It's just you do stuff for the community. It wasn't like you only do stuff if you you know as a as a you know I need to help out these poor people or whatever. Is whatever work is needed to be done needs to be done. Um, so that's one part of it. And then my mom also was part of like Blackstone Union when she was in college and um, and student government. So when I got involved, I just automatically started doing it, and I thought that's what you're supposed to do. And um, and um, um, and then find out later, like I was doing, probably way too much. <laughs> but um, I was just part of like all different types of organizations. Um, anytime if I was able to or I had the time, even if I didn't, I probably tried to be part of it, try to give some input, especially when um, um, it's about trying to bring forth identities that aren't really talked about. And a lot of spaces, there's a lot of not there's a one space it could be just middle class people to be honest and so just coming from a more um lower class background or or just you know having to deal with poverty um sometimes those voices aren't brought in sometimes those voices aren't brought in of black women or lgbt people or or just thinking about like sometimes people put up programs and they don't think about people with disabilities And yeah. so i really try to um Think about a project or a program from all different eyes, and so that's I think I would say intersectionality is really what got me in and realizing that that people's voices aren't really being talked about in a lot of these spaces of power. Um, but I think I think I'm very interested in like in 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 that, and also the nuances of race relations and history of racism and history of of um, of of oppression, and um, how can we overturn it? I really think that um, that for us to truly try to overturn or truly overturn, you know, these levels of oppression, we have to think about what was impacted by colonialism. And um, a lot of times we talk about things, and we don't talk about colonialism. We'll talk about racism, we'll talk about whatever, but colonialism was first. Like, you know, people got killed and slaughtered, like, the moment that a that a boat came on on an island or on a land um you know and and completely impacted you know we have homophobia and we don't talk about the fact that sometimes lgbt people probably first wanted to be killed in colonialism um because they were seen as as um evil or devil or whatever um by the white you know the the conquistadors or the um the, the conquerors so i think we have to always think about all that and so that's kind of what what pushes me is just like oh, and I would say it basically pushes me is that a lot of people don't know the stuff they don't know the history of their country they don't know the history of themselves they don't know the history of their ancestors and so how can you really you know truly love yourself on every level or try to get into this kind of work if you don't love yourself you don't love what's going on so I'm I think I think to wrap it all up is that I like to empower people through education um and try to get them involved and get them to understand power and the power within themselves. So. totally,
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Um, I, uh, I agree with, um, all of your sentiments. Definitely. It it sounds like, yeah, like you were raised with a lot of those, you know, community oriented values that where you naturally found yourself Mm -hmm. in positions that you would, uh, end up in. And, um, and yeah, like, I think that what you're saying about colonialism is especially important to talk about right now as we continue like the conversation about progressivism and about you know how people focus so much on reforms these days, but like we always have to talk about like you know the big picture itself and like you know yeah, like you said, like the history of these institutions and what they've evolved from and. talking about like imperialism and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. uh it's all very um it's all very interconnected and yeah we can never just focus on one thing yeah
1: i mean just even even um there are some ideologies that we continue to to talk about or whatever and those ideologies are damaging i mean we have to we have to unlearn a lot of these things we live in a racist society we live in a um image control society and so we have to say okay well why am I doing this like why am I wearing this jacket even why am I making this decision on a person I'm hiring you know like any place especially in people of power why are you doing that you know um you have to continue at continually ask yourself why so that you can start to unlearn some things and some things that seem so normal to you are probably not you know there's some sayings and stuff that we have in in our culture that people think are just completely normal and they turn out to have racist implications or come from, um, some kind of racist or, or, um, um, how I can say, uh, xenophobic background. So really just, I mean, you could research all the words you use, you know, and somehow, you know, that's probably going to go back to something. Um, but also just what we wear, what we do, just the fact that we even think that, like, we talk about homelessness in Milwaukee right now, and we're like, oh, these people shouldn't be in tent cities, or, or we shouldn't have those things or whatever. There's no land in Milwaukee for someone who doesn't want to live in the way that we're supposed to live, right? Like, there should be free land. Like any time before colonialism, you could probably go and travel. And as long as this land wasn't, wasn't claimed, you could just, you could live on it, right? And also the way we view poverty, um, if we were to just kind of look at poverty, the poverty we have now is new, super new. If I was poor or, or, or I was not um, getting money in from the trade I was doing or the trading I was doing, that doesn't mean I don't have a house. And a lot of times you had a house, you had land, you claimed it, or you could travel, or you could do whatever. Now you can't really travel anywhere without permits or paying for permits. You can't um, live anywhere without without paying some kind of rent. Even if you own the place, you could own it and you still have to pay rent or taxes on it at some point. So you have to make some kind of money or some kind of money coming in. You can't just not have money coming in. And so just just looking at that and and, and where that comes from, I mean people were forced to do to be in mines and stuff and lost a lot of the so uh, oh I should say the other part is we we don't make our own clothes we don't make our a lot of people don't well some people still make their own food but you know some people don't know how to make it from ground up some people don't know how to make their own clothes so there's just all the time you have to um make money because of the way that colonialism stuff has kind of stripped people of their knowledge because they were forced to work, or they were forced to work in
0: mines, or they're forced to do whatever. So
1: the poverty now is 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 definitely a new experience.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like I know the phrase "decolonize your mind" uh, has uh, gained a lot of traction. This yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a real. That's a real shit.
0: Yeah, and that's something that um, you know I've been really actively like trying to analyze and you know everyday language especially um like learning about a lot of things that we've kind of thrown around um just in you know regular cultural conversations that actually like appropriates um Native American culture like the term spirit animal or the term powwow like those are you know yeah. those are native american uh that's that's indigenous people's um culture that you know what like those terms are not for us to just use and throw around like you know they're yeah comfortable for us yeah
1: people will say it. oh yeah let's powwow around this subject or something like that and she's like eh.
0: Yeah. Right. Um
1: It's another one is uh I think it's like I've been jeeped I've been jeeped or something like that. That's like from I think from gypsy I heard once. Um I can't say the word what exactly the word, but it's a couple of them that are like
0: you really do have to think about it. Yeah, the implications of such mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, like having that like intentional uh language use I think has really I mean, it's, it, I know it takes practice for some people, like, you know, not everyone's going to get it right all the time, but if your language is intentional, then it makes it, your mind is already so much more open to learning and, and learning and unlearning those problematic or harmful behaviors, definitely. Um, and so, um, so back anyway, so, uh. Yeah. How would uh, how would your organizing work kind of uh, manifest beyond college?
1: Um, I ended up I ended up uh, getting on um, a campaign um, with, with David. Um, Representative David Bowen at the time he was county supervisor David Bowen and um, was the events and media um, and events coordinator. And but a little bit of everything because it was not like a huge campaign or anything. So a little bit of everything, which that was fun. And and then kind of that was my first taste of like real partisan politics. I did work on a uh, volunteer on Obama's campaign once, but you know, it's like sometimes just like you made some calls for a couple hours. Um and then and then um the other vote work I did was was vote outreach nonpartisan, just trying to get students out. So this was like the first time I was like really doing partisan work. And um after that we won. Um, he's now state representative. He's been in there for a couple of cycles now. Um, then I ended up actually running for his seat uh, for county supervisor. Um, I lost by like 200 something votes um, to now, I, I actually now state rep, um, um, Supreme Amakunde Moore. Um, mm-hmm. we're, I know him, we're all cool. I just ran for for the seat. Um, there wasn't nothing against him or anybody else. Um, it was just an open seat. Um, and then uh, after that, I was on... Uh, I got invited to be on the board for NAACP as a community outreach person, kind of helped them with their social media and stuff, ended up getting on the Democratic Party's um, Milwaukee County as membership secretary, especially like once I found out really like more about the Democratic Party from running for office and stuff, I did not know they were a membership organization. I did not know um, a lot of things. And and so I, if I don't know, I, I knew a lot of people. other people didn't know. So that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go do membership. Um, and then also, I, I ended up, uh, I worked for ACLU of Wisconsin as a youth organizer, um, and I was doing some of that, like, simultaneously. I was on the Democratic Party, NAACP, and ACLU, like, all at the same time, um, um, and so you have to make sure your <laughs> walls are separated on that stuff, um, and um, just kind of continued helping out with people's campaigns. I mostly do, like, underdog campaigns, so I'm an all-in-one, you hire me, I basically do the campaign managing, the field, um, the social media, the graphic designing, the the um, I do the lit, I do the the flyers you you know you mail off. Um, I can coordinate with the printer. Um, yeah, a little bit of everything. Do the setup because a lot of people don't know how to set up their social media, set up their their um, phone numbers and stuff with it. They'll make some ugly ass URL. Oh my gosh please, if I do anything, let me do your URLs and your websites. Um, I don't even have to freaking design it. I just want to make sure you don't have an ugly-ass website name. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: um, but, um, um, but yeah, so I've just continued doing that, and I did it with a lot of different um, um, campaigns, including state rep, and then the latest uh, campaign I did was actually for um, Lena Taylor, Senator Lena Taylor, who ran for mayor. Um, so I was basically like campaign manager – or deputy campaign manager on that, um, that race and um, just, you know, trying to, to get people out to voting, did a little bit of everything on that on that campaign for sure and that was that was probably one of the toughest campaigns I was on. Um, And just trying to make sure that people um, that people understand like, Milwaukee is one of the worst places for for black people. Why aren't we challenging the mayor? You know, why aren't we talking about um, there's other cities that had our title or close to our title. Why aren't we doing that? And so some people were just like, oh, you don't like Barrett? It's like, have you looked around? Like, it's not a matter of whether I like him or not, right? It's a matter of, I know that Senator Taylor was, was it, heart is for the people. You know, you might think whatever, but I know her heart is, is, is for the people. And, and there's, I'll just be straight, there's kids that are hungry. What are you doing to, ki- to help the kids that are hungry? Like, what are you doing to stop that? You know, um, that, that I would say that's my goal at the end of the day. It's not about ideology, whatever ideology. It's whoever's going to be helping to get less kids to be hungry today. Okay. And, for, and, and, and that's the root of everything else. That's the root of, of us curving violence. That's the root of us curving um, homelessness. That's the root of us curving everything else is how can we keep, you know, kids from being hungry. And that's not just doing some program that feeds them, right? That's raising minimum wage so their parents can can get food. That's having programs that just support the parents in general. Um, and that's making daycare uh, more affordable. That's making other things more affordable. Or just having, you know, like I said, programs to support them. So um, I, with us being the worst place for Black people, um, I think that's how my, I should, going off the tangent, but that's how I am now. It's just like, how can I get um, Milwaukee on a, on a way away from that that um, label so so I've just continued to do that and and um, like I, I worked youth I did I did all different types of stuff and um, and now I'm doing a lot more electoral but I wasn't really doing electoral electoral was like a a, a, a side gig and then lately the last couple of years has been a full-time gig um and um, and yeah, I was a Bernie delegate too. I forget about that. Oh, I also actually spoke at um, at at the at uh DC at the Washington uh monument um, for a march, um for the Juggalo march. So I don't, That's a longer explanation, but <laughs> Juggalos are the fans of ICP, and they've been criminalized um over the years, um put in a gang list and say they're gangs, but they're basically like the beehive of Beyonce. But so if Beehive Beyonce got their kids taken away, got different got their kicked out of housing and stuff, we would have an uproar. But it wasn't an uproar for them. So um so I identify as a juggalo. Um I've been a fan of ICP for a while and I have a lot of friends that are and I knew people who got kicked out of their house or couldn't wear their stuff, couldn't wear things. So um I tried to get involved in that and I ended up speaking at the march in dc uh in
0: 2017 so that's dope i i remember when icp uh performed at the miramar uh when i was living right next to the miramar like two years ago
1: i probably was at that concert
0: (laughs) oh yeah yeah i used to live above the black rose so i i remember i could hear it from my place um yeah how was it
1: Oh, I love I love they especially because they do small venues, so it's like usually you can actually see them. And um, I was more prepared than previous times, so but I definitely got soaked in Fago and and stuff. But and then I helped with cleaning up at the end of the night and got to meet some cool people. So and then half the time I'm listening to music and then I'm talking to random folks and you just meet like the coolest freaking people. Uh, because it's it a lot of the guard is dropped down. Like you know you go talk to strangers and people are like uh-huh hi like. With the with juggalos and stuff, it's like, you a juggalo? We hear the thing, like, cool. What up, fam? Right, yeah. It's is what it, up?
0: Yeah, it's not, oh yeah. yeah.
1: You know, so it is, and I mean, there's a lot of people. When I went to D.C., I'm still friends with now. I'm still talk to now, and and um, and it's just dope. Like, if I needed something, I, I I mean, I could probably stay, you know, at their houses and stuff like that. um I knew some juggalos when I was. I had to go to New York for something, like, they helped me out, um, so it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, people have stereotypes about it, but if you don't know, you don't know.
0: Yeah, 100%, like, yeah, I mean, I've heard, I mean, I've heard, uh, they've been doing great work lately, um, they've been speaking up, like, I mean, I've heard they've been speaking up against, like, um, injustice and shit, so. Oh,
1: they've been like that, like, the, 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 I think they're, they're, uh, it's like, Burn your rebel flag, or something like that. F your web, F your rebel flag. That's like one of their top songs from years ago. And then they put it out, like doing with everything going on. And you're like, Oh, how could you? I cannot be a fan of you anymore. And they're like, Everybody's like, This song has been out for like a decade over. Like, so if you don't even know this song, you ain't a real fan anyway. So they, I mean, it. it there are things that they have done and stuff, just like any anybody else that some people disagree with, things they said in, in some albums that people disagree with, and obviously there there are a, you know, a a niche genre. They are horror rap, but I always be like, okay, but you look at horror movies, right? So yeah. this is just... You know, this is horror, like just like you like horror, and you're not just looking at romantics, right? So it's just a genre of music. So it's not... Oh, most of it is fantasy, it's whatever, just, you know, people being crazy, whatever. Why just that? But you, your ass gonna look at Saw. I can't even watch Saw. Forget that. I don't watch Saw. The interesting thing is I can't watch horror movies, really. Not a lot of them. And I don't really like to go into haunted houses all the time, but I used to work in a haunted house for 10 years.
0: Oh, wow. Damn.
1: And scared the crap out of people.
0: Yeah. I never got into Saw either. I just, I saw all of them, like, out of order. Like at like you know middle school sleepovers and shit like that. Oh. Never, I just I don't know. I I don't it's like torture. Uh, yeah, I, I if you,
1: straight kills. Cool. Like I could do a death race for some reason. Fine. Saw. I'm like.
0: Oh no, that's torture porn. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's hard, but. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, that's cool. I did. I did not know you were jugglos, so that's awesome um so um yeah what was i gonna say um so right now you are um so as we talked about at the beginning it's election season so um you are active in the movement to encourage folks to vote so a lot of people yeah you know, how so you were you were a bernie supporter obviously mm-hmm. you worked on his campaign like, I guess, like, what was your reaction when you found out he wasn't going to be the
1: nominee? I wasn't super surprised because I was watching the race from the beginning and, um, and the thing is, is that we talk about, oh my god, he's not the nominee. But how many people went out and voted in the primaries in each of the states? And so you look at the and the numbers, you know, and who votes on a normal basis. Yeah, there was probably more some, you know, people that came out. But if we had the numbers that we have during generals, during primaries, the races would be totally different. The candidates would be totally different, all that kind of stuff. So people are like, oh my god, the party didn't accept <laughs> Bernie, and I'm like, but we had to go on the back end of this. There is stuff with the party that we got to, you know, know, some people don't like and do like and whatever, but at the same time, how many people came out in the states, you have to look at the numbers in the states, if in one state he lost, but the numbers are like 20% of the population or less than that, then we need to start trying to pull out people. We have our candidates as a reflective of a Democrat, of the demographics who vote, hmm, yeah. which are going to be more so older middle-class people, mm-hmm. period, um, so with all races, we have to show up, and we have to try to get out the vote in the primaries, and then we want to have to have, you know, oh, well, I don't really completely agree with this person, agree with that person, you, well, one, you voted for, we get the person we in that we want, and then we have the person to vote, but at the same time, it is musical chairs, it's like, you have a bunch of them, and then we go down, and now we have one, with one or we have the two and there's one chair for them to sit at right yeah. and so we only have those those two choices is we have those these other candidates that are like circling around and thinking they can like jump in but really it's just those two people and one chair for for someone to sit at and so we really do have only two choices and and that sounds really bad and and at the end of the day this is all not what we would want in in a sense especially if you're trying to just curve you know, um, healthcare, poverty, everything like that. But at the same time, which one of those two candidates are more likely going to sign into law things that get signed by or get passed by the Congress and Senate? That's what you got to look at. Because you can have, it, it could be the best people, but they still won't sign your stuff. It could be Ber- Bernie could say he doesn't like certain things and not sign things, right? If Bernie wants to be a little bit, but Biden is going to be a little bit more like, hey let's you know I just want to please the party members or whatever you know he he's going to pass things so or he's going to sign things so we need to focus on trying to switch the um the electorate or switch the candidates in the congress and the senate Congress is control is blue right now but senate and focus on that and then um we um and then we can push on them about different issues we want and if they pass it He's gonna sign it. So I, I I think that is also just a lack of knowledge about how the system works and a lack of knowledge of how like the presidential works. Like the president just basically signs
0: things. Right.
1: He can push for certain things, but he just signs things.
0: Yeah. We need to be laws,
1: yeah. Yeah. So what we need to be is focusing on the on the Senate and trying to flip seats. If we all of us activists and whatever went to a state that that has a seat that's vulnerable and helped out with that. We could flip that one blue. Then we go to another one. Flip that one blue. If we all, all the Bernie people really like came together and just flipped all these seats and ad, was was doing the doors and helping out with all these things, we could flip everything blue. And then we can talk about how we want, you know, the, the Democratic Party to be a certain way. But first off, we have to 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 make it everything. Um, blue really or let's say people who don't break the constitution people who are going for the constitution whatever party that would be but right now that's not necessarily that's not in one of the parties you know trying to keep it a little nonpartisan here but one of the parties right like they are constantly doing stuff that is against the constitution that is um um um, violating um the violating equal rights of people the human rights of people they are um currently just trying to change things the environmental stuff is crazy we've we stopped a lot of epa regulations um we we don't have i think trans people are not allowed into the military right now like that's big as shit yeah so we need to be be really conscious of, of that and not be a one issue voter right we have to look at the whole system and then let's put pressure on our elected officials to do the way we wanted to do and, and put pressure on them because it, it doesn't matter what you think. A lot of times Democrats listen to the pressure. We can go into what happened with the Act 10. We were all up in the in there and people were, were sleeping overnight in the Capitol, right? Huge protests and it still went through and it still all happened, right? So um, I think we just need to, to really organize and really understand policy and understand how the actual elect- election process works and understand um, how organizing really works. It's about pressure. And yeah, we can pressure now, but this is, not the, this is not necessarily the right time. We can, some people need to do pressure, but we need to do pressure. I guess, I'm not trying to, hmm. I get people who vote their conscience. I'm not gonna say I don't. If it, you can't really vote, I get it. But at the same time, we lost by 23 votes here in Wisconsin. Um, and black people have been have been voting for the lesser two evils for decades, for forever since they got the right to vote. So when people, if a black person say they don't want to vote for this stuff, I'm gonna be honest, I I get it. Because the system is is corrupt and stupid and, and different things, but I think if if we all come together, I think we can have ma- massive amount of power here in Milwaukee because we're majority people of color state, um, majority people of color city. I mean, um, but I don't get when some people are like, "Oh, there's not one it is one issue that that Biden don't have, so now I'm not going to vote for him." So that's the only issue that impacts you. That sounds selfish because there's a right. bunch of issues that 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 um the other guy that I'm not going to say his name, is affecting, and is affecting a lot of other things, and it's affecting people's everyday lives. So you're this one issue, and so you're not going to vote. And then everyone else is screwed, because you're basically being, you know,
0: selfish. But Right, yeah. Like, I don't believe, I feel like it's just sort of like that. And anybody want to come at me, and
1: we can have a conversation if you disagree with what I'm saying. I'm not like that, you know. You can probably switch my mind, but I think that, you know, we need to vote away and then we can we can work on trying to change things for in primaries or the day after the election, let's work on what we can need to do. But we need to have ground game to really change what's going on.
0: Totally. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like, you know, you can't it's it's wrong and irresponsible to just simply like completely disengage from you know the voting process if you know you if a candidate like isn't as isn't quite as idealistic as like you wish they were and whatnot because, mm-hmm. and i say that as like i'm a very very far leftist but i will still participate in voting and i will still participate in you know like you said like you know participating in that political pressure from both local state and you know even nationwide on things like black lives matter for example like I will participate in all that pressure because revolution doesn't happen overnight. And mm-hmm. it, yes. And it's just, it's so idealistic to mm-hmm. imagine it like just happening just like that. Like if you do like one March or you, mm-hmm. um, that was a lot of stuff after Trump got elected. People were like, Oh yeah, I'm in. And then they did like two, three things. And they're
1: like, Oh, He's yeah, you can't,
0: you can't get complacent with that stuff. And it's like, you know, I, the, so being as like, I'm, you know, I was a big Bernie supporter. And even Bernie wasn't quite radical enough for me, but I still voted for him. And, uh, but I voted for Biden because, and this is, this is one of my main incentives was like, I know that if Biden is elected, there will be, he will handle the pandemic even just marginally better than Trump is right now that will yeah, help we, some people
1: yeah i you mean know? it any a lot of this basic the thing is a lot of the basic presidential stuff is not being handled in a way that that uh could be you know a lot of things could be better just the, the messages you send out just the you know letters you send out like he, you know like it's it's a lot of people just take a take uh don't appreciate they're going to appreciate it now um i will say that we need to Still, stay on people and just make sure that it isn't gonna be undercover racism versus with people like avert racism is one candidate and undercover racism is another. Um, I definitely agree with that, but I'm also gonna say like everyone's a little bit racist on a spectrum, oh, yeah. you know. And so to I think there's also people that are like, oh well, but he's racist and stuff like that. And I'm just like, right. Well, I'm wondering, you know, somebody the I'll be straight. Somebody's. White Bernie people yeah. are not trying to curb their own racism and say right. some really ridiculous things. Right. And, you know, and I'm and I walked into rooms where they did not know I, I was a Bernie person and they would treat me a little way until. And then because a couple of times when I was at the convention, I had my Bernie stuff on and then other days I took it off. So there was an assumption that I wasn't a Bernie person.
0: Mm.
1: And then there was assumptions that I was a Hillary, Hillary person. And it was some things that was just people looked at you a certain way. And it was interesting, let's just say the least. Yeah, so I I, I'm just going to say, like, we can't just call people. There's different levels of racism. And we have to curve it at every turn. But you have to be aware of your own racism before you start oh, trying certainly. to
0: Watching point out other people's. Yeah, absolutely. Watching that white splaining. You know, yeah, the whiteness that we have to dismantle in every every social justice circle, for sure. And like, kind of like you said, I mean, I and I empathize with, um, you know, black and brown folks that, like, don't feel like they can participate in, um, you know, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go barking at them to vote, you know, like, I, I wouldn't do that, because like, I, like you said, I mean, I get it. But um, we have to, I think a big part of it that people really need to embrace is making change in your community and, uh, you know, helping indiv- it, helping people out on an individual basis. And like, you know, doing things like donating money to local organizations or local relief funds or, mm-hmm. um, you know, like also... Kind of what you were touching on earlier, like people that you know vote on one issues and stuff. Like also just people that like only participate in the national elections. Like that's that can't be like gotta you know participate at every level of of um, of voting, local, state, and national, and educating yourself on the candidates and educating them like what that that their visions are and. Also, what we will help hold them accountable for and pressure them into, because you know, if we make it's, it boils down to like if you can just make things not so shitty for other people, then that's
1: that's basically it. It it is that's all it is. Is is that what I mean? Is like like I said, you can have a choice when it's a primaries. We have choices, but when there's two, it's a general election. We have you know a choice. You know, you have to pick whoever is the lesser, when people say lesser two evils. And if it makes people feel better, you can just make a whole list of, of, um, of all the issues, not just like five, right? All the issues. And then and then mark, which one? You know, there's people who are actually battling between Trump and Bernie. That might, I mean, Trump and Bernie, Trump and, 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 uh, and Biden. It sounds weird to some of us, but it, it's some people who actually, you know, do. And a lot of times it's because of religious things you know they you know they're you know they might be about pro-life you know and but i will say that if you are about pro-life reducing abortion abortions if you look at the history of it it happened before war robert versus wade it was just about safe ones and um and but what curves that is reducing poverty so that's raising minimum wage that's supporting parents because a lot of times people already have kids and they can't afford to have another kid um
0: access to health
1: care access to health care you know like it's about a lot of different things and so you talk about one issue but there's that same person is not passing or doing anything to curb all the other issues right that leads up to this it's a symptom right um at the same time though yeah women should be able to have access and be able to do it safely you know but there's some women who who don't wouldn't necessarily get into that predicament. on top of that Com- comprehensive uh, health care. I mean, comprehensive sex ed. Oh, yes. We don't really have comprehensive sex ed in um, throughout the United States, right? So people don't even really know, like people messing around or whatever sometimes don't even know that they can do condoms or birth control or, or that you get pregnant. No joke. Some people don't know they can get pregnant. That sounds like really ridiculous, but it's true. Um, yeah. It's people who, there's reports of people, because we don't talk about it, there's people who got married, never did anything, because they never knew what to do, because no one talked about it. It's just like, like this it is just something between husband and wife, husband and wife to, to figure out, right? Yeah. But if they never know. So there's all different types of stuff, and you can look up the history of that, but we need to, to really talk about, if we want to curve STD rates, if we want to curve pregnancy rates, um, those are things we have to do, you yes. know? Um, and... Um, and and also just curving racism. I mean, um, having it that people don't feel like, you know, I don't want to bring a child in this world. Some people panic, some people just don't have the means or don't have whatever um, to to feel like they're comfortable enough to, to deal with having a child or having another child. So um, so it comes from all fronts. So I think you can, just can't be a one issue person. You got to really look at the, any, any issue that you care about, you got to span it to everything. So you care about the new Green New Deal, well, guess what um um, you care about the environment, and guess what? Trump has already done stuff against the environment, yeah. you know, worse than it is now, you know, Trump has actually done different things, passed or took away some regulations, right, so if you care about this, you have to you have to care about it in all front's not just oh, only if
0: this happens, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, it's. It's so, all this, all this stuff is so big picture. That's the way people need to really look at all this. That's the whole point of intersectionality. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, like it is all interconnected in some way. You know, the same fight against climate change is the same fight against racism. It's the same fight against LGBTQ plus oppression. It's the same fight against um, ableism. Same fight against anti-Semitism. You know, like it's all... Islamophobia, you know, it's all, you know, we're all these battles are while they all are unique in their own way, like n- like they're all not comparable. They are still all related. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Well, Solana, thank you for joining me today. Um, I I like talking to you. Um, you're pretty dope, and uh, thank I you. I like. Um, yeah, I. Um, just enjoy, uh, I, I think these are really important conversations to have right now more than ever. Um, so as we're closing out, uh, tell me what keeps you up at night?
1: Um, nothing, actually. I'm a dead sleeper. Once, once I'm out, I'm out. I'm like, if someone can tell I can sleep on the floor or on a hardwood floor. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I, I, I am known to just fall asleep like, I'm sleepy, I'm out, like, that's it. Um, but I would say my, my topic that I care about, I think, ah, um, oh, dang, there's just a lot. I think, I think poverty is always usually my top thing. I think everything is always connected to poverty. If we curve some racism, we lessen poverty. If we curve, we raise minimum wage, we lessen poverty. Kids doing better in school, we lessen poverty, you know, everything ends up rooting back and everything roots back to five for 15 and, and, and doing that. So I think, I think it's always usually about, um, poverty and everything. And, sure. um, and the other thing is I, I like animals and I think that we should be, um, um, trying to, even if, if you're a meat eater, I think we should have more ethical ways of killing and taking care of animals. Sure. Um, and, um, you can eat meat and, but it still be, uh, ethical way of doing it, and they shouldn't be eating corn, and no one should be eating high fructose corn syrup.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's all that is. Yeah, cafos, you know, concentrated. Yeah, those should not be a thing. Definitely, but no, I agree. Yeah. No. So, uh, what yeah. um, what puts you to sleep though? Uh, probably
1: TikTok right now. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I have, so I work with um, some girls in high school and they're so like, they were just like quoting TikTok. Mm-hmm. The other day, and I had no idea what the hell they were talking about the whole time. But It's, it's a, a whole,
1: whole culture is on there, it's a it's the whole thing. Um, I, I probably taking care of, of my mom, taking care of my um, family, making sure they're good. Um, recently gotten, you know, money has gotten a little bit better for me. And so I was able to actually take care of. Of some family business and so that that definitely relieves a lot of stress yeah.
0: well, thank you so much for being on the show uh for making time for me today um i appreciate you and the work that you do thank you uh, you're welcome uh for everyone watching yes go vote but also we're going to keep marching we're going to keep pressuring we're going to keep organizing fight does not stop at the polls mm-hmm. it, there's uh, only I mean, one tool in a toolbox Right. Uh, Yes, exactly. So thank you for watching Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.